is on Radio 191 FM. This is your Radio 1 Tereo Irarangi Kotahi News for Wenere, the 21st of April. Ko Hana Tene. This morning, Minister of Health Andrew Little announced major restructures to the New Zealand health system, including the dismantling of DHBs, the creation of a national health service, a Māori health authority and a public health agency. The system shake-up aims to fix health inequity by reducing bureaucracy and placing emphasis on primary health care. The system must listen to the voice of Pacific people, disabled people, rainbow and diverse people, and all users of the health system and design and deliver services that work for them. Associate Minister of Health Penny Herare said that introducing a Māori health agency hopes to address the current health inequities faced by Māori. Herare says that many of the experiences Māori have of the current health system are negative and the establishment of a Māori framework into the system are to help Māori access the health system in a positive way. Māori feeling comfortable and able to go to the doctor when they are sick. That, and that alone, would change everything for our people. We will legislate for a new body and independent voice, the Māori Authority. This authority will drive Hauora Māori and lead the system to make real change. Audio courtesy of New Zealand Herald. The changes are hoped to become reality in July 2022, with large amounts of consultation taking place before then. Minister Little stressed that the changes aren't about cutting services, but redistributing the current pressure faced by workers in the system. As well as setting up a variety of agencies, Little hopes that virtual and technological advances will help bring the health system into the future. Earlier this month, Aaron Hawkins, Mayor of Dunedin, joined Radio 1 to revisit the controversial George Street dots, nearly a year after their initial reveal. Here's some of the highlights from the interview. And so we asked staff to look at what they could do uh, that would make it safer for pedestrians to use more of that space. Because what, what we wanted to do was avoid a situation where businesses were open but people didn't feel comfortable or didn't feel safe coming back into the city centre uh, and and shopping as they ordinarily would. As it turns out, people had zero qualms uh, <laughs> about physical distancing and, and I remember walking down uh, George Street when people were more than comfortable shaking hands and high-fiving and, and hugging and, you know, we spent $2,500, um, painted some dots on the road, asked people to drive slightly slower and look out for people who were trying to maintain yep. physical distancing from each other. That does not seem like... It's not unreasonable. A, a, a big ask. <laughs> yeah. um, but the, the response was um, disproportionate to that. Uh, there was a lot of public feedback that yeah. was... But that's, I mean, that's not uncommon. It was cheap and it was yeah. temporary. Yeah. Um, the paint lasted longer than I think any of us expected, but that's, <laughs> that's okay. That's one of my questions. <laughs> they, they, I mean, it will fade and eventually and, and all that road will be dug up and, and, and replaced anyway. But, yeah, a, a lingering reminder. So there's no plans to repaint the dots? Not at the stage, oh. no. But the sky didn't fall in. Nothing, nothing horrific happened. People managed to get a lot of negative energy off their chest and I hope that was cathartic for them. (laughs) 
You can listen to the full interview on Cosmic Wednesday Drive tonight, 4 till 7pm. The Auditor General has ruled that the $29.9 million the government used to buy land at Ihumatau was unlawful. The money was acquired by the government from the Land for Housing program without proper legal appropriation actioned by Parliament. According to ministers, mistakes such as these are not unusual and that it was down to two recommendations being omitted from briefing papers. Morgan Godfrey, vocal Indigenous issues writer, on Twitter said that every government should exercise power with rational purpose and consistent with the grant of power from Parliament, but also please retrospectively validate the Ihumatau deal immediately. Ihumatau was bought from Fletcher Building by the government after a long-running dispute over the land. The land was historically used by local iwi as a market garden before being taken by the Crown in 1863. The transaction was made outside of the Treaty of Waitangi process. The investigation by the Auditor-General was prompted by both ACT leader David Seymour and National Party spokesperson for housing Nicola Willis, raising concerns about the acquisition of the funds. Hundreds of community members flocked to the University of Otago's main common room yesterday to attend a panel discussion on the recently released Climate Change Commission report. MP for Dunedin David Clark hosted and was joined on stage by Minister for Climate Change, the Green Party's James Shaw, and Minister for the Environment and Fisheries, Labor's David Parker. The Commission's report found that urgent action was needed to curb Aotearoa's greenhouse gas emissions if the country is to meet its obligations under the Paris Agreement to prevent global temperature increases. Minister James Shaw opened discussion around the report by saying that reductions in our emissions can come at the same time as a booming economy. You can actually have significant economic activity whilst actually reducing your emissions at the same time. And that's one of the things that the, that the Commission point out is that GDP is actually just a description of busyness. It's just activity, that's what it is. Um, And that's why a bunch of things that are really bad count towards your GDP, because every time you're cleaning up after an earthquake, uh, or every time you're treating someone's cancer, that's economic activity, that's GDP. But the flip side of that is, every time you replace a coal-fired boiler with a wood chip boiler or an electrode boiler, or every time you shut down a gas-fired peaking plant and replace it with a wind farm, That is also economic activity. His comments came in response to a deeply held feeling in the agricultural sector that climate-minded restrictions on farming practices will hurt New Zealand's iconic meat and dairy industries. A farmer in the crowd asked the panellists why livestock farmers were being targeted when crop farmers could be causing more harm with their practices. Really, I think that the solution is regenerative agriculture. Things like uh, no-tillage cropping, right, where you're you're sort of planting the seeds um, with a form of machine that just inserts it straight into the soil without churning up the soil and releasing the carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, Um, where you're using a kind of multiple forms of farming on the same patch of land so that it kind of works as a, you know, more in an ecosystem rather than a monocultural uh, effect and so on. And that's one of the things that the Commission was drawing attention to. One major legislative change on the horizon is the government's forthcoming bill to require corporations operating in Aotearoa to disclose their carbon emissions. Um, we are the first in the world to do this. Um, we're working, worked closely with the UK. The EU has talked about this. Um, we know that the USA is exploring it. Um, so whilst we're the first in the world, as I say, others will follow. The UK will certainly follow. 
Minister David Parker closed the discussion yesterday by urging the public to hold the government to account over climate change. People in the room, you're effectively reliant upon politicians doing what they've promised to do. And we've created both mechanisms to try and depoliticise that to make it stick, also to depoliticise it to make it easier for us to take the hard decisions. And uh, we expect to be held to account if we don't do it. Call Bonnie Harrison DNA. George Floyd's killer Derek Chauvin has been convicted of murder this morning after less than 24 hours of deliberation from the jury. Chauvin was convicted of second-degree murder, third-degree murder and manslaughter. Last May, Chauvin was filmed kneeling on George Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes while taking him under arrest. The death of George Floyd sparked protests throughout the world demanding justice for people of colour and calling for police brutality to end. Many of the protests developed into violence as administrations turned a blind eye. That's news. Now for weather. The Radio 191 FM weather. Today, for Wednesday the 21st of April, we have a high of 17 degrees, a low of 10, and winds at 4 kilometres an hour coming from the south. Fine, but cloud developing this evening with a possible shower. Southeasterlies will start to develop this afternoon, giving us a little bit of a chilly evening. This has been your Radio 1 Te Reo Irarangi Kotahi News and Weather. You're listening to The One.